everyone. Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today, speaking of wellness, um, I want to talk about just that. I want to talk about defining wellness. And more specifically, I want to talk about my perspective on wellness. Because I've spent years as a mental health counselor, fitness professional. I taught stress management at a university level for five years. Wellness has been such a big part of my life. And even though it's come into the mainstream media more recently, it seems like this shtick that everybody is kind of latching on to because there's so many products out there that are wellness related and there's retreats that are wellness related. So it seems like a fad and a fashion, but I think that felt that wellness actually is such an inherent part of our humanity and existence and such a pivotal part of us functioning well in life. So I kind of want to get on my soapbox a little bit today and give you my perspective on wellness personally and professionally and some of my own journey through wellness. So wellness, you know, it's defined in a lot of ways. All you have to do is do a simple Google search to find out what the what Google is saying about what wellness is. But it could be defined as it's often defined as an act of doing like what are what things are we doing? What daily habits are we creating to feel better, to feel healthier and and things like um, whatever we're doing to improve our physical and our mental health outcomes so that instead of just surviving, we are thriving. So wellness also, I've seen it defined as the absence of illness. And I actually want to talk about that later, but also the presence of something positive, like positive emotions, positive relationships, having a sense of autonomy and meaningful life and purpose, and also just being able to master our environment. So Again, as a licensed clinical mental health counselor, as a person who's taught stress management and fitness educator, who's worked with all ages and all stages of people throughout the lifespan, um, my goal has always been to bridge that gap between fitness and mental health. And three decades ago, when I started in the industry, there was a huge distinction you went to a therapist to talk about your mental health. You went to the gym to talk about or to work on your physical health. And no one seemed to really want to connect the two or to bridge that gap between the two. So again, I want to talk about my perspective of it because I think that physical health and mental health are so closely linked. So problems in one area can impact problems in the other area, or, you know, our physical health is highly linked to our mental health and our mental health is highly linked to our physical health. It's really hard for me to have healthy emotions when my body isn't functioning at its optimal level. And it's hard for me to have a healthy body when my emotions aren't functioning at their optimal level. So if I'm depressed and I can't get out of bed, my motivation to go to the gym is limited at best. And if I don't have the ability to move as well as I'm generally accustomed to, then generally my emotional health suffers. And that can lead to feelings of anxiety and depression. Bottom line is the way I feel inside impacts my drive and motivation to exercise. And the way I feel about my body impacts my emotional health. So I'm going to start today 
by defining wellness from a more clinical approach, if you will, um, or more through a textbook lens. And I'm going to talk about the different domains of wellness. And then I'm going to give you a tip for how you or your clients could challenge that domain to improve that domain or increase that domain if necessary. And then at the end, I'm just going to do a little soundbite on my own personal perspective of wellness and how I've personally come to look at wellness and define it. So, you know, again, generally when we talk about mental health, we talk about mental health through uh, diagnosis and pathology and um, ways that we can treat mental health disorders and diseases. But I think of wellness more holistically, total mind, total body, and healthy functioning. So it's generally divided into different domains. And one of them is physical domain, right? Physical wellness. So in his book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, I'm working through that book again. It's a great book. He's a renowned trauma researcher, and he talks about the body's response to trauma, the physical manifestations of stress, specifically post-traumatic stress disorder. And at the end of the day, when we look at the pandemic and we were all moving less, we were generally feeling less well, right? Our wellness really, really suffered because not only do we need movement to feel better and function better, we also need movement to have more energy and vitality. We need movement to fight fatigue, to sleep better, to relieve headaches and body aches. And all of those are manifestations of stress because again, the body keeps the score. So there was a lot of global repercussions during the pandemic. Our body carried stress and we weren't moving as much to help manage it. So to me, you know, we can help our clients uh, challenge, because I said I was going to give you a challenge to physical wellness. Well, we're really good at challenging our clients. But I would like to ask you, what have you done recently that's challenged your physical wellness? So for me, it's on my bucket list to try circus style fitness. I really want to try Lyra, which is those aerial hoops. And I want to try trapeze fitness. So maybe if you're a fast mover, maybe you're a runner or you're a go hard or go home person, maybe the way you challenge your physical wellness is to slow down, try yoga or walking, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you're a slow mover and maybe you need to try something that really takes you out of your comfort zone physically. So that's my challenge. Another domain of wellness that we often talk about is our spiritual wellness. This might be your religious or spiritual belief, depending on whichever your, your belief system is. But basically a place where we can kind of come together with others in solidarity to practice, to develop or maintain some sort of spiritual or religious practice um, you know, for instance, meditation, it could be done alone or in groups. But if you're thinking about challenging your spiritual wellness or you're thinking about helping your clients challenge their spiritual wellness, maybe it is if you're typically used to being spiritual or religious um, in isolation, 
Maybe it's you join a community, again, where you join in solidarity, and maybe you increase your practice one way or another. Maybe you adopt a meditation practice, or you adopt a ritual that helps to ground you. Um, I just, I get emails from Stephen Hayes. He developed acceptance and commitment therapy, and he just sent out a whole email yesterday about grounding exercises to do when we feel stress. And to me, that's a spiritual practice, recognizing when we really our nervous system feels way out of whack and we do a practice to ground ourselves so another domain of wellness that we often hear about is our social wellness so as human beings we are wired for connection right we're wired for validation through healthy relationships we call our girlfriends or we call our friends for validation. We seek connectedness and support because we, we know that being lonely is not a good feeling for any of us. And disconnection makes us feel isolated, like we don't belong to a bigger purpose. So if you want to challenge your social wellness, I have a, a, a unique take on this one. And by the way, I just want to reintroduce, um, I'm Angie Miller and I'm talking about defining wellness. And I'm talking about it from a personal and a professional perspective. I really want to put it out there that I think wellness is more than a shtick. And coming from somebody who spent three decades in fitness and then mental health, teaching stress management, working with all populations of people at all ages, I really don't think wellness is a shtick. I think that wellness is about cultivating a healthy mindset, focusing on our strengths and being the best version of ourselves. So um, one of the ways that I would encourage all of us to challenge our social wellness isn't necessarily about getting out there in big groups. What I would really challenge is that we all consider how judgment plays a role in our life. And I know this seems like a unique take on social wellness, but, but check this out. So, you know, we build this safe support system. We have our, our people that we, oh, that we typically turn to and our beliefs generally align with their beliefs. And we hang around these people who are quote, like-minded, who have the same belief system and value system as ours. And that makes sense because that's comfortable and, and it aligns with our values. But sometimes, you know, we like during the pandemic, for instance, we really got caught up in letting social media and TV fill our minds, influence our minds and fill our time. And really think about that because social media and television really does influence our minds. It really depends on what news station you're watching as to the type of influence you're feeling about political views. So when we get back out there, I think that it would help all of us to recognize that we can still accept and connect and come together in solidarity, even, even with different belief systems and value systems. So maybe ask yourself, how often do you compare yourself or judge yourself against others? So when we're re-entering the world again, it's normal that it's going to present some challenges. There's some social anxiety that's going to set in. And we might have these kind of stronger emotional responses to one another because we're so used to being disconnected from each other that all of a sudden to be re 
immersed into kind of a global community again, we kind of forget that other people don't think like us and function like us in our little isolated family and friend unit. So we might have more social, more uh, higher emotional responses to each other. We might feel more guarded and a little bit more confused getting ourselves back out there. But I would just encourage all of us to check our emotions, take a pause before we say the first thing that comes to our mind, and really consider how judgment is impacting your life and the way that you feel about other people. Maybe practice more gratitude, and most importantly, give ourselves and the people around us a little bit more grace, okay? Maybe we ask ourselves, where is all this emotion and this judgment coming from? What am I missing in my life? And do I play a role? Okay. So what advice would I give my best friend if she was coming to me with this? Maybe I need advice. Maybe I need someone to listen. Maybe I need a little bit more personal acceptance before I'm able to accept other people. Identify what it is and then find a way to fill that need so that when we do get back out there, we can meet each other with a little bit more compassion and empathy. All right. So another component of wellness or another domain of wellness that we often hear about is our occupational wellness. And if this ever became pivotal, became pivotal during the pandemic, didn't it? People are leaving their jobs in droves. They're figuring out that they really weren't happy in the work that they did. So we're not going to go there, right? That's for everyone to figure out on their own. But if you're still working from home, and you haven't already, I guess my uh, my contribution to improving your uh, occupational wellness would be to make sure that if you haven't already, you separate work from home. So if you're used to a long commute and you don't have that anymore, maybe use a walk, a 30-minute walk to separate your workday from your evening start. Okay, so walk outside so that you have this separation between work and home. Um, separate the two spaces as much as possible so you have a distinction. Um, so another, a couple of other things, you know, I would challenge you to maybe um, work in front of a window. So if you haven't already, find a space. You know, I think when we all first started working from home, we thought it was temporary. So we didn't care so much about our workspace. I can work in a closet until, you know, two years later, you can't work in a closet anymore. So make sure you have good lighting. Make sure you're in front of a window. Just make sure that your workspace is really comfortable and inviting and it feels very um open and it feels like a place that you want to go to. So another domain of wellness is intellectual wellness. So when's the last time you read a book or engaged in something mentally stimulating, took a class or a course or a certification, um, or you did a puzzle or you listened to a podcast or anything that stimulates the brain and gets you excited about learning, anything that expands your knowledge and, and gives you one little piece of information that you knew today that you didn't know yesterday. So my way that I think that we can all challenge our intellectual wellness is maybe do research on a topic that interests you. Maybe you lost a loved one to an illness and you deep dive into that and you make meaning from your pain as Viktor Frankl talks about, right? It's a way to heal. So I know lots of people who have developed programs and courses. They may have lost their parent to dementia or they lost their parent to alcoholism. And they kind of make that meaningful by developing a course to help other people help those who have that addiction or that disease. So um, 
Maybe start stimulating conversations with others on topics where there's mutual interests, or again, consider taking a course. All right. So again, I'm Angie Miller. I am talking about defining wellness, both personally and professionally. Right now, I'm deep diving into the different domains of wellness and ways that we can challenge and grow through those domains. And then at the end, I just want to have a get personal talk. I just want you to grab your cup of coffee and let's really talk about, you know, what wellness means to me. And I'd love to hear about what it means to you. So another one is cultural wellness. And this has really, really, really become pivotal in our society. There's so much inequality in our society fueled by oppression, marginalization of communities and systemic racism, which is, you know, racism that is embedded in laws and regulations of a society or an organization that manifests as discrimination in areas like criminal justice, employment, housing, healthcare, um, education, political representation. And these are the things that continue to harm people we know and people we don't know. So my challenge to you, if you want to increase your cultural wellness, is take stock of what you know and understand about inequality that is fueled by structural oppression and racism. Seek knowledge, seek different perspectives, listen to stories of communities of people who have suffered, interact with people who are different from you outside of your immediate circle and open your mind and most importantly, your heart to curiosity about different cultures, but even about your own culture. Maybe reflect on your own internal biases that you might be kind of acting out unknowingly based on stereotypes that you've held on to since, you know, childhood about ethnicity, gender, religion, ageism, or sexual orientation. So that's cultural wellness. So the last but not least is I want to talk about a domain of wellness that we often hear about, which is emotional wellness. And I could talk about this all day because, again, I work in mental health. But I guess how well do you manage stress is a good starting question. Are you resilient? Do you feel like you have springs on your feet and you can bounce back from adversity? Do you have a strong support system? Are you getting help if you need it and setting healthy boundaries? Do you have habits, daily habits that foster positive emotion? Are you journaling, exercising, talking to friends, doing activities outside of the home? So if you want to challenge your emotional wellness, think about all the above domains of wellness that I just talked about and ask yourself if there's one of those domains that is really limited or really suffering in your life at this time, because all of those domains tie into our emotional wellness. So think about an area where you're suffering, where you're really feeling emotionally drained. Maybe there's a person in your life who is kind of tapping you out and you're losing your, you know, we only have so much emotional bandwidth. And then ask yourself, what's the role that you're playing? Are you getting lost in blaming other people for your unhappiness or disconnect, discontent? Because I think that we, uh, we have a lot of blame in our society toward 
parents or people in our lives who've done us wrong and we get lost in victimization mentality. And then really what we do is we give away our power to say, well, what now? I know these things happen to me, but what can I do to put my best foot forward and live my life as well as possible, even considering the situation that I've already experienced? So I really want to, um, I also think, by the way, that prioritizing our emotional health is just a very personal thing. And sometimes it just means getting back to our basic needs. Are you taking in proper nutrition? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? Are you doing all the things to take care of yourself? So again, I'm Angie Miller. I'm talking about defining wellness, both personally and professionally. And I started out by defining wellness from more of a clinical or professional or textbook definition of wellness, the different domains of wellness and what we can do to challenge ourselves to increase those domains. But now I want to just talk about um, my personal thoughts on wellness. So, and what wellness means to me um, as a fitness educator, clinical mental health therapist, person who walks through life, just you and me. Um, what have I learned about wellness? Well, I just returned from a funeral. I was in Iowa all last week for a funeral from a family member who we all love dearly. And it really changed the trajectory of our whole family unit. And we're all suffering. But especially, especially my dear sister and my niece's children who are left behind. So this is a family member who struggled for a long time. And I think that sometimes when people struggle, they start to believe that their story is their struggle, that their story is their difficulty. But I think that the impact that we make on others really overshadows anything that tries to dim our light. So I think that to me, wellness is resilience. You know, it's one of the first things that I think of when people ask me what wellness is. Wellness is resilience. And when I think back to some of the most difficult periods in my life, I think the what maybe might separate me in that situation from someone else and the way that we come through it is our ability to bounce back, our ability to be resilient, our ability to look at our life and again, not get caught in blame, um, you know, making it about um, a story that happened to us and letting that story win or letting that story define us. Instead, it's about saying, okay, these things happened to me and these difficulties happened to me. And so now I need to find a way to work my way through them so that they don't define me, so that I write my own story through the process of processing it and coming out stronger on the other side. And to me, that's what resilience is, is an ability to be knocked down, to be punched down, to be gasping for breath, bleeding uh, tears, and still be able to stand up tall and say, I've got the tools to work my way through this. And if I don't, I know where I can go to get help to get those tools, to foster those tools so that I can move forward in a more healthy way. So um, resilience is about bouncing back from adversity, and it's based, I think, a lot on choices. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about resilience, you could go back and listen to my podcast on the harnessing the power of positive psychology. And there, Olivia Ellis and I deep dive into positive psychology in the PERMA model, which is all about PERMA as an acronym for basically building positive emotion, for being able to flourish in life. And flourishing is about resilience. So 
to me, wellness is about resilience. Okay. I have, I have four sisters. There's five of us girls. We've all been through similar situations and each of us has a different level of resilience or ability to overcome. So another one is to me, wellness is about the absence of addiction. So the absence of any substance, whether it's drinking, smoking, cigarettes, smoking, marijuana, something we do, maybe it's overeating, undereating, overexercising, anything that becomes something that we do to numb pain or shield our pain. And just like meditation teaches us to turn into a skid, you know, like we learned in driver's ed, your driver's ed teacher told you, you have to go with the skid. You can't try to move, move out of it. Otherwise you'll, you'll, you know, your car will start spinning. Well, it's the same thing in life. We have to turn into the skid, turn into the hardship and find a way to move through it because if we try to get out of it and suppress it in any way, it's still going to be there. We're just numbing it. And those numbing behaviors are going to get the best of us. To me, wellness is about boundaries. And oh my gosh, I've talked endlessly about boundaries, understanding your relationships. I talk about boundaries. I teach boundaries. And yet boundaries is a big struggle for me personally. I struggle struggle, struggle to not be codependent. I struggle to not try to fix, cure, save, and rescue everyone in my life. And, and let there be no doubt that when we do that, sometimes we pivot away from our own selves and the things within us that need rescuing, the things within us that need help. Okay. So it's a way to pivot away from our own personal pain and suppress that because, hey, we're so busy fixing everyone else's pain. So to me, wellness is the absence of clutter. And I know you're thinking, what? But it is. To me, well, wellness is the absence of clutter, living with less, focusing on minimalism, uh, freeing my mental space and my physical space um, so that I, and I do that mentally. I do that through journaling, through exercising, through connection, through therapy. Physically, I just like a clear space. I like, um, I like to clear my emotional bandwidth so I can actually think straight. Um, to me, wellness is not the absence of disease because in my, in my mind, we are not our diagnosis. Even if you are diagnosed with a physical disease or you're diagnosed with a mental health disorder, that is not what defines you. What defines you is your ability to say, okay, I am struggling with this disease or disorder. And this is a part of my life, but what can I do? What can I do with those domains of wellness to still function within the realm of that disease? I believe that we can have a mental health disorder or a physical disease and still function very, very well. We can still focus on those eight domains of wellness, because again, we are not defined by our disease. We are not defined by our diagnosis. We can have a diagnosis and still function very well in life. To me, wellness is about healthy relationships. Are we building and fostering healthy relationships that make us feel validated and strong, that focus on our strengths and the good in us versus what's wrong with us? Oops. And to me, I almost threw my microphone. To me, wellness is about personal autonomy. So my mom passed from dementia. She passed from a disease where she lost her personal autonomy. So of course, for me, it's always been my goal in life to be able to keep my personal autonomy, to be able to care for myself and do activities of daily living without needing assistance. 
So wellness is a very personal thing. It comes with a lot of different domains that we can work on, but it's personal to all of us. But I think that the most important thing about wellness is that it's it's a lot of the doing. It's a lot of the daily habits. It's about being intentional and making healthy choices so that we can function, so that we don't just survive, we thrive, and so that we flourish throughout our lives. So again, I'm Angie Miller. Thank you so much for joining me. I would actually love to hear from you and hear you talk about what wellness is. So I will see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.